Let the saints say amen. Saints say amen again. You may be seated for now. Truly all power, all glory, and all honor belong to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm happy to be here in his name today to preach at one of the greatest churches in all of the world, West Angeles Church of God in Christ. And I'm so happy to be here with our leader, my bishop, and your pastor, and his first lady, Mae Blake, Bishop Charles Blake. And you know what? I know some of y'all are disappointed because he's not preaching today. I know some of y'all want to go and slip out to somebody else's church. But give me 12 minutes, just 12 minutes, and then we'll be all right. Because it's a great day when your pastor comes home from going around the world. So many things could have happened, but our God has brought this man safely home. And if you don't know, let me help you. You ought to stand up and give God the glory for bringing him back to you. Come on, let's praise God. God didn't have to do it. But he did. Bishop Blake is, as he said, a great friend of mine. We are still repairing my church after he came and preached to us. For he tore it up. He didn't mean to tear it up. But after he preached, the people got so happy, he just tore the church up. Our insurance rates have gone up and uh, police came and everything. But we thank God for him. He is a man that has the greatness of Bishop Charles Harrison Mason. He has the spiritual force. He is a man that has the greatness to meet the problems of this hour. And he is God's man to take the church of God in Christ into the 21st century. And, you know, sometimes we say, well, I didn't know Martin Luther King or I didn't know this great person or that great person. But aren't you glad that God lets you sit in the same place as Bishop Charles Blake? I want to thank God for my friend and brother, Elder Oscar Otis Owens, head of the Bible College. He has been my friend, my dear friend in times good and bad. Great man of God. And we have shared so much. And he's the only person, one of the only contemporaries I know that I did not mind serving. Because he is a bossy man. And I allow him to boss me. As a matter of fact, all day yesterday we were together and all I said was, yes, master, yes, master, yes, master. No, seriously, he is a great man of God, a great friend, and I love him. We will be together until death. We thank God for being here. I'm not going to be before you long, but if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms, the 63rd chapter. Psalms 63, and it's a short chapter, so bear with me as I read the entire section of Psalms 63. And I'm going to ask everyone out of reverence for God to stand at the reading of God's word. This is a day and time where we have to teach people what they should reverence. 
A lot of times people are respecting things they should disdain. And disdaining things they should respect. So just, just bear with me, if you will. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. If your version is different, it might read a little different. But I, I've read this in uh, a lot of different versions. And they, they, they all sound alike. Hear now the word of God from Psalms 63, the New King James Version. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go down into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. This is the word of the Lord. While you're standing, let's bow our heads. God, we just want to say thank you. God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you for letting us see another day. Now, Lord, we come early to seek you. Our soul and our flesh is hungry for you. So, God, we ask you to feed us right now. Oh, God, give a double portion of Holy Ghost power. That your word may be preached and that your word may be heard and that we might leave here differently than when we came in. And God, I ask especially today that we might leave here with the with the promise and the having the reality of this word that was given. That we might be dwellers in your presence with happiness, joy and excitement. This great God is our prayer. Bless your people now in the name above every name, the mighty and matchless name of the Lord Jesus. We pray God's people said. Look at your neighbor before you sit down and say, thank God you're here, neighbor. Tell him the more you come to church, the better you look. So you better keep on coming so you'll never need a makeover. Don't sit down here. Tell him, neighbor, just for a few minutes. The word of God this morning is excitement about salvation. Now swing around, swing around, do a, get a little exercise, swing to the other side and say, oh, you're here today. Now follow me. Say, what a delight to see your face. Tell them you're important to God and you're important to me. Tell them, neighbor, there is a word from the Lord. Just for a few minutes, neighbor, the word of the Lord this morning is excitement about salvation tell them receive and be blessed shake their hand good and give them your best smile you don't know what they've been through to get here so encourage them with your best smile come on give it to them 
What did I say the title was? Now, I'm not just talking about every excitement. I'm talking about mature excitement. I had a friend once, and she got saved in the Faith Temple Church of God in Christ. And she was excited. And she was one of those persons, she, she had a perky personality anyway. But when she got saved and the Lord brought her out, she was on fire. Whenever you saw her, she smiled like this. And when you said hello, she said hi. And so, you know, some people don't like people like that. And she shouted and danced all over the church. And most saints were happy. But there was a few back in the back that just couldn't stand all this joy. And so somebody went and told her, yeah, you happy now, but just wait till you've been around like we have. You won't be that excited no more. And she came to me in tears saying, because I, I, I've been called, she said, somebody said this to me. I said, well, you got to forgive people. And some people just talk and don't know what they're talking about. And then I said, I'll tell you what, you stay excited as long as God keeps you excited. But it said something to me about the nature of excitement about God. I'm talking about mature excitement. I am not talking about the excitement you have when you first get saved. That's a great excitement, isn't it? You remember when you first felt the presence of the Holy Ghost? You remember when you first came to the Lord? One man told me he felt like he had so much faith he could walk up to a tree and say, come out of the root. And he never did it, but he just had that kind of power experience. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm not talking about that kind of excitement, though. I'm not talking about the excitement that we just felt a few minutes ago when we were worshiping God in the church. Y'all know sometimes the power of God is so great, it almost seemed like the rocks are about to get up and cry out. How many of y'all have come in church sad, mad, sick, busted, and broke? But... The song softened you up. The prayer opened you up. And by the time the man of God came with the hammer of the word, God broke your defenses down and you left different than when you came in. Now, you're not going to beat me being excited about God. You're not going to beat me running and shouting and dancing. But I came to tell you I'm not talking about that kind of excitement this morning. I'm talking about, well, I'm talking about a different kind of excitement. I'm not even talking about the excitement that you get when God uses you. Is there anybody in here God has used you in some way or another? Let me see your hands. Let me see I'm in the right place. Isn't it exciting when God uses you? Isn't it exciting when you feel the power of the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody here you have opened your mouth, was not sure what you were going to say, and the Holy Ghost filled it? And God spoke to somebody. Oh, it's an exciting thing. Now, and I admit a few things like the power of God flowing through you. But I'm not even this morning talking about the power. And the, I'm not talking about rather the excitement you get when God uses you. I'm just talking about one thing. I'm talking about being excited about your salvation. Well, I'm going to give you all a homework assignment. You heard Bishop Blake say I'm a professor. 
and professors always give homework. And your homework assignment is to read Psalm 63 in its entirety. I want you to read it once every day of the week and ask the Lord to show you something new every day. And the first thing you're going to find in most Bibles, there's a, there's a title. The title differs in different Bibles. But there's a little note at the beginning of Psalm 63. The note says, a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And this is what I'm talking about. The scholars, some scholars say David was in the wilderness running from Saul. Other scholars say David was in the wilderness running from his son Absalom. But that's not my point. My point was, however he got there, he was in the wilderness. And the wilderness is a cold and hard and dry place where, as he said, there no water is. And so the excitement that I'm talking about is a wilderness excitement. I'm talking about being excited when you have no visible reason to be excited. I'm talking about being excited when all of the odds seem to be against you. I'm talking about being excited when you feel the failure in your body. When you feel sickness and pain and tiredness and weariness and age begin to creep up on you. It is then that we have the greatest opportunity to be the most excited. Well, I'm talking about having excitement when you're in the wilderness of life. I'm talking about being excited about salvation when God says no to your prayer. I'm talking about still keeping your, your shout and your hallelujah and your deep, deep undergirding joy when God does not answer your prayer. I'm talking about when God tells you to wait. And how many of y'all know God can tell you to wait a mighty long time? Sometime while we're waiting, the enemy is whispering in our ears saying he doesn't hear you. He's not going to deliver you. You're a fool. All this crying and all this praying and all this shouting and all this giving. God, ain't, God don't care about your situation. Well, somebody need to tell the devil, devil, you're a lie. Because I'm going to stay excited about my salvation. It's easy to get excited when God works a miracle in your life. When God brings you out and when, when, when things have just stacked up against you and God knocks them down and God works it so that you know that it's only God, anybody could say hallelujah, even a sinner. Can I go ahead and talk? It's easy to talk uh, 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 excitement when you're in church, but when you go home and you come in your kitchen and there's a stack of bills on your kitchen this high and then you look in your checkbook and your checkbook is really under the table because you got so little funds in the checkbook. Can you still be excited? You know nothing steals your shout like a lack of money. Oh, y'all don't want to, y'all don't want to talk to me. Nothing cuts your praise like finding out you don't have what you need to have. But the excitement that I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking about. When, when people you help turn around and curse you, when people you help turn around and forget what you did or when people you help turn around and forget they didn't pay you back and when they're in church shouting and tap dancing and you need some money and they got some of your money oh y'all don't want me to get real up in here sometimes it's hard to shout when you when you know that they got a new coat on and the new coat money could have been the money they used to pay you back but my, 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 my point is, I want to know, are we excited in that kind of point? Even as a Christian, sometimes you can hurt people's feelings. 
I found out even despite my best intentions, I can do some things I did not intend to do, and I can hurt somebody's feelings. Well, when the people you hurt come back to hurt you, are you still excited? Are you still excited when your family gets on your last nerves? How many of y'all know when you grow up with people and you live with people, they know where all your secret buttons are? You can control yourself for outsiders, but your family can make you go off to a place you never thought you can go again. Oh, uh, y'all don't want to hear me. Your family can say some things and do, come on. Some of y'all know when y'all get home, you still in the afterglow of the Holy Ghost and mess start going on right in your house. When your family gets, I didn't say on your first nerve. I didn't say on your second nerve. What nerve did I say? When they get on your last nerve, make you forget how to spell G-O-D. Can you still find your excitement? When even though you're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, in your lonely moments, same old habit that brought you down creeps back. Can you still be excited? When you have got like Samson, and your own sins have led you to be bound up with your eyes put out, can you still be excited? When you get to the point where, and I hope we all get to this point, where God convicts you of your sin and you're ashamed of your own self. When you get to the point where you've been talking to God and you've been telling God about somebody and God said, wait a minute, let's talk about you. When you get to the point where you, where you know how we tell God, Lord, you know what they're doing to me. And the Lord said, well, what are you doing to me? Then, like Job, when you see yourself, you repent in sackcloth and ashes. Can you still keep your excitement about God? People hurt you and break your heart. When those you love betray you and walk away from you. When you've worked in the church for so many years and... The enemy comes in and you get burned out because you all know saints can get burned out even working for the Lord. When you get burned out and sometimes you're not burned out, you're bummed out because you have so many little conflicts and some people who come in the church and can't get their mind on God, got their mind on other stuff. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. When that bums you out, can you still have your excitement about God? Can I talk to y'all for just one minute? Have your troubles, your trials, your traumas, your tragedies dampen your excitement about God. And again, I'm not talking about in-church excitement. I'm talking about Thursday night around 8 o'clock excitement. Do you love your TV set more than you love your Bible? I'm talking about that kind of excitement. And when you're in church and they say, lift your hands. Do you only lift them because they exhorted you to lift them? When they say praise the Lord, does your praise come out of the depths of your belly like it used to? Or does it just come automatic because the upfront exhorter exhorted you? Well, I came here to talk about excitement about salvation. When all of those things happen, can you still be excited about your salvation? Well, the word teaches us through David how to be excited about the Lord even when we get in the wilderness. And I got bad news and good news. The bad news is you got to go through the wilderness. But the good news is if you walk with God, you coming out on the other side. 
Now, when you go home and you do your homework and you read Psalm 63, you're going to find four things that I want to lift up very quickly, and then I'll be through. How many things did I say? First thing, first thing. Everybody ready? Say, I'm ready. Everybody repeat after me. David stayed excited because he sought the Lord. Listen to what he says. He says, early I'm getting up to seek you. My soul, he sought the Lord with a thirst and a hunger. With a thirst and a hunger. He had a a capacity inside him to want to feel the presence of the living God. And brothers and sisters, saints of God, I'm here to tell you all this morning, we will not have a thirst for God unless we learn to give up our appetite for some other things. This is why the old saints used to tell you, you got to fast and turn your plate over. You got to fast because if you're not careful, your appetite for food will be greater than your appetite for God. If you're not careful, you'll be praying five minutes a day and watching three law and orders, which is about three hours a day. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me. If you're not careful, you'll be caught up in somebody else's reality show while the devil is chipping away at your own reality. So one of the things we got to learn how to do as saints of God is to seek the Lord by cultivating a hunger and a thirst. That means we got to step away from certain places. That means we got to step away from certain people. That means we got to step away from certain things. That means we got to step away from all of the screens in our lives. TV screen, iPhone screen, computer screen. You need to step away from the screen and go back to an ancient technology that grandmama had. Grandmama said, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. The only line you need to make yourself hungry and thirsty is a main line to the Lord. Touch somebody and say, you got to seek the Lord. Mm-hmm. This thing ain't automatic all the time. You got enemies out here. There is a devil trying to kill you. There are people mad because you got the joy of God in your heart. If you want God, you're going to have to look for God. You're going to have to tear some things down for God. You're going to have to get desperate to feel the presence of God. Because when you seek him, y'all know you'll find him if you search for him with all your heart. Can I go ahead and talk for a little while? Amen. I want to challenge somebody in here. Don't raise your hand. Don't stand up because I have found out folks lie in church. Now, 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 I'm not saying in West Angeles church, but other churches that I've been here. Folk lie in church. I ask people, how many of y'all love everybody? The most hateful lady in church waving her hand. Me, pastor. Don't raise your hand. Don't tell me anything. Matter of fact, everybody grab your hand so they don't pop up. I don't want to tempt you to lie. If you are sitting here and you know your TV screen gets more love than your Bible. If you are sitting here and your telephone gets more love than your prayer time. If you are sitting here and your table and your refrigerator get more love. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Than your God. Then I am challenging you to take a media fast. I'm challenging you one week to cut the TV off, period. I'm telling you, challenging you to come home, cut the computer off unless you need it for your job. And if you're really, really bad, I'm challenging you to cut your phone off for a week. Well, how am I going to get in touch with people? Don't y'all know we didn't always have cell phones? We had phones on the corner, cost a nickel, a dime, and a quarter, and nothing happened to us. We stayed alive. 
Oh, y'all don't want to hear this. Let me go on. Now, if you fast because you know you're in love with the different screens in your life, if you fast and if you pull away from things because you know your spiritual life is not what it should be, I'm going to make a guarantee that you're going to get a sense of the presence of the living God like you've never had before because your soul is going to get hungry and you're going to feed it with the word of God. Now, the key to fasting is every time you fast and you feel the pain, call on Jesus. The key to fasting is every time you feel like giving up your fast, that's a good moment. Go get your Bible and read. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up upon wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Can I go ahead and talk? David sought the Lord. He came to the sanctuary to see the power and glory of God. Number two. Everybody say number two. Repeat after me. Make a determination to praise God. Here in Psalm 63, we find David with a sword and a shield somewhere in a cave. But listen to what he's saying. He says, Lord, I realize your loving kindness is better than life. I've made up my mind. No matter what my mouth wants to say, my lips shall praise you. I've made up my mind, Lord, you've been so good to me, I'm going to bless you as long as I live. Lord, I made up my mind that I'm going to make a little sanctuary. Uh, I'm going to make a sanctuary and I'm going to go lift up my hands in your name. No matter what, God, I'm going to praise you. No matter what, God, no matter what my situation is, I might not feel like it. I might not see anything. I might not hear anything. But I know down in my heart, you will not leave me, nor will you forsake me. So I'm going to respond before I get the blessing, and I'm going to praise you anyhow. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, get a determination to praise your God. Touch somebody on the other side and say, when things are bad, praise him. When things are good, praise him. Tell him if you don't feel anything, praise God just because he is. Because he said, I am. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. The worse you feel, the more you ought to praise God. Sometimes you got to say, devil, you're a lie. You want to shut me up so you can shut me down. But I'm going to open my big mouth and I'm going to say hallelujah anyhow. Devil, you're a lie. You want me to keep my arm down so I'll be depressed. But I'm going to lift my hand to my God because there's no other help that I know. And while I'm praising him, God will bring me out. Anybody got a determination to praise God? I got to the point, I don't care what's going on. Hallelujah, anyhow. Hallelujah, anyhow. Let me hurry up and get out of here. Y'all look like you're mad at me. Can I go ahead and talk? Number three, everybody said number three. Get your mind, everybody repeat after me, get your mind set on God. Remember what God has done for you. Uh-huh, say it with me. Remember what God has done for me. And say this after me. Meditate on what God has done. Y'all know what? Y'all know the enemy is an intimidator. He will intimidate you with bad news because he does not want you to remember all the things God got you out of. The enemy will keep you focused on people's mess 
will keep you focused on your own trouble, will keep you focused on your own problems because he does not want you to remember how great your God is. You already know that God is a great God. God has given you a testimony that you should never forget. And sometimes you got to testify to your own self. You got to say, I'm not going to worry about this because he brought me out of that. You got to say, I'm not going to get upset at what's going on now because back in the day when my back was against the wall, God tore the wall down and made a way out of no way. And if God can do it then, God can do it now because Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and forever. Remember what God has done for you. When you've lost your excitement, meditate on the Lord. Think about God's goodness. Think about God's power. Think about all the things that God controls. And if God controls those things, God will show you, I am bigger than your problem. And the more you meditate on God, the bigger your God gets and the smaller your problem gets. And by the time you come out of your prayer closet, your God is big enough to handle anything that you're going through. Hallelujah. Last but not least, number four. Somebody say, repeat after me, follow close. Mm -hmm. Repeat after me. Other translations say cling to the Lord. We've got to learn if we're going to keep our excitement to cling to the Lord. Now, be very careful because sometimes we cling to our feeling about the Lord. And that's not clinging to the Lord. Sometimes we cling to our, our, our expectation about what God is going to do. But watch out, that's not clinging to the Lord. When you cling to God, you got to throw yourself into the arms of the unknown. When you cling to God, you're saying, Lord, I cannot figure it out anymore. But I'm just going to stop thinking about it and I'm going to put it in your hands and just take the steps I know to take and do what I know to do. And while I'm doing that, God, I believe you're going to fix it. And somebody here knows that if you just meditate on the Lord, hallelujah, God will remind you how big he is. Somebody here know that if you just meditate on the Lord, God will let you know I am going to bring you out just like I did before. Well, those four things will help us. Is there anybody here that's saved? Is there anybody here that's sanctified? Is there anybody here that's filled with the Holy Ghost? then I want to tell you the Lord Jesus Christ has removed every barrier to your excitement. Can I talk to you for a few minutes? I'm almost finished. But I want to ask somebody, what is blocking your excitement? Maybe what's blocking your excitement is sin in your life. Well, thank God you got salvation. Because in your salvation, Jesus has defeated sin and evil. In your salvation, the blood of Jesus comes through time down Calvary's cross and is here this morning to wash your sins away. In your salvation, your Savior is giving gifts. He gave you a church. He gave you the word. He gave you the man of God. And most of all, he gave you the Holy Ghost. So your sin should not stop you from getting excited about your salvation. Anybody here saved? Anybody here sanctified? Anybody here filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, I want to ask you today, what's blocking your underground deep excitement? Is it your sickness? Is it some nagging pain that you've got in your body? 
But in your salvation, there's a promise in the book of Isaiah that by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. And I want to encourage you. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against hospitals. I go to them. But if God has said no, they can't say yes. You and I have got to go to the one that's been our doctor from the beginning, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage somebody, if you're sick right now, lay your hand on yourself. Don't wait for somebody else to come lay hands on you. My Bible tells me these signs shall follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can lay hands on yourself and God will heal you right now. Well, just in case, lay hands on your neighbor and say, heal them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, whatever might be bothering them, heal them right now. Touch somebody on the other side and say, Lord, break the yoke right now. Whatever it is in the name of Jesus, Lord, we call on your name right now. Now, if you got enough faith to be crazy and believe that Jesus is a healer, stand up and praise God no matter how you feel. Stand up and give God the glory no matter what's going on. Stand up and say, I might not feel like I got it, but I got it by faith. It's mine by faith. I believe it by faith. take your seat if you can I know somebody came in here with a knee I know somebody came in here hallelujah with that stack of bills I told you about but in your salvation God gives you the power to get wealth in Deuteronomy 8 and 18 he tells you I give you the power to get wealth but hold on, before you get that, you better go to Deuteronomy 28 and make sure you obeying God. Don't try to get one promise if you ain't going to get right. Are y'all listening to me? A lot, of people want to, a lot of people want the hand of God. They want stuff from God when they don't want God. I'm not talking about that kind of excitement. I'm talking about the excitement where you're not worried about the stuff. You're worried about the one that gives the stuff, and that's the almighty God. Well, I came to tell somebody here very simple lesson. My Sunday school teacher, Ernestine Mitchell, told me years ago. She was not a deep theologian. She hadn't read Bard and Tillich. But she said, if you make one step, God will make two. That's the only theology she knew, one-step theology. But you know what? I found out if I made one step and God made two and we kept stepping, I'd be walking out of my mess. Somebody here needs to know, get up out of your bed and get busy. Somebody here needs to know, go back to school and start studying. Somebody here needs to know, go look for a job. Don't, don't, don't lay down in the bed and say, bless me, Lord. The Lord blesses people walking more than he does laying in the bed. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me. I, I know, I feel somebody saying, go back to New York. Well, this is how I have to preach to him in New York. God works miracles, but you got to get the boat in the water. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Listen, listen, I came to tell you one thing I found out is that the Lord will make a way somehow. I don't have to know how and neither do you. But watch this. How many of y'all know that God will make a way somehow? 
How many of y'all God made a way when there was no way? Come on, come on, wave your hand around. Tell him he made a way for me. Now, if you need a way made for you, look around at all these people saying God makes a way out of no way. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. Well, what is blocking your excitement about God? Is it that you're in despair? Well, I came to tell you this thing is not over till God says it's over. Did y'all hear what I say? Don't you let the devil kill you. My heart is so heavy over that pastor that was found dead in New York a time ago. I had been praying for him, and I told my people, I said, listen, I'm not invincible. I'm not Superman. I need somebody to pray for me because even if you're saved, sometimes you get discouraged. Even if you're saved, sometimes you get depressed. And even if you're saved, sometimes you can be in despair. Oh, but I heard an old preacher say that Jesus said, lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. When everything is all right, Jesus is right there. But when you get down low in your despair, Jesus is a very present help in a time of trouble. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Touch somebody and say, be encouraged. Your mountain can be moved. Mm -hmm. If you got just a little bit of faith, Jesus didn't say you had to be a great prophet or preacher or evangelist. He said if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, mountain, get up, get out of my way in the name of Jesus. Somebody here today need to tell your mountain, get out of here. I'm a child of God. Get out of here. I'm on victory side. Get out of here, mountain. Because I'm excited about my God. Well, in the Lord Jesus Christ, you got whatever you need to make it. Now you live by grace. Uh, now, some people in church hate to turn to your neighbor, but I think God wants the excitement to spill out today. Uh, people in my church say, Pastor, why I always got to turn to my neighbor? I said, so I don't have to preach just to myself. And so you just have to preach by myself. You got to help me preach. I want y'all to help me preach now and turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, in the Lord Jesus Christ. You got whatever you need to make it because now you live by grace. If you've got Jesus, the favor of God is upon your life and what's going to happen to you does not depend on you. Look quickly on the other side and say, you got a new status. You got a new situation. You got access with God so you can go ahead and get excited. I don't know about y'all, but I'm still excited about God. I got to take my seat, but I'm taking my seat excited about God. So much is going on nowadays. There's violence all in the land. But what really hurts me is the violence in my community. A 19-year-old boy shot a 20-year-old woman in the chest and they had a child together right down the street from my church. And so my heart is grieved that that kind of violence is in my community. But before I go to bed, I prayed for them. I prayed for the families. I reached out and did all I can do. And I find out that even in my sorrow, I got excitement down on the inside because I know that God is still working and I'm gonna let not I'm not gonna be overcome by evil but I'm gonna overcome evil with good anybody know what I'm talking about shout glory 
so many things going on these days. It seems to me now that there's some folks that drank tea at a party. And now these tea partiers will do anything. Oh, y'all don't like me, but can I talk? I'm going back to New York in a little while. The tea partiers will even destroy the financial credit of the United States as long as they can get a black man sitting in a white house. Oh, but glory be to God. The Bible said that the enemies that come against you like a flood will be defeated when the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against them. Obama will be all right if you and I keep praying for him. Somebody say all right. All right. Thank you, Lord. The rich get bailouts while the middle class are told to get out. But in spite of all this, I'm still excited about salvation. I came in from New York. Last Thursday, there was an earthquake. Right now, there was a hurricane. But the Lord told me the other day, you got power to shut down the hurricane. You got power to keep your folk alive. You've got power to bring things out all right. And I said, oh God, maker of heaven and earth. The Lord said, let me call the Hurricane Bureau. And the Lord said, Taylor is praying. Saints are praying. Grandmama's praying. Preachers are praying. Pastors are praying. Missionaries are praying. Choir members are praying. Downgrade that hurricane into a storm. And the storm is passing over. Yes, it is. Shake somebody's hand, shout glory. The storm is passing over. Somebody shout yeah. Come on and shout yeah. So much is going on these days, but I'm still excited. Not what I can do in my prayer, but I'm excited that my name is in the Lamb's book of life. I'm saved. Hallelujah. I'm sanctified. Hallelujah. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost of God. Matter of fact, I feel him right now. Shake somebody's hand and say, I feel a little something. And I'm excited about God right now. Tell somebody else, God, your God is here right now. Reach out. Reach up. Holler out. Cry out. Get what you need. The presence of the Lord is here right now. Somebody say, yeah. Yes, Lord. Touch me. Yes, Lord. Fill me. Yes, Lord. Break the yoke right now. Now, if you believe it, put your hand together. Give him praise. Give him glory. Magnify him. Shake somebody's hand you ain't shook yet. Say, neighbor, the presence of the Lord is here right now. Don't you leave here like you came in. Get a healing. Get a deliverance. Get a determination. Get the anointing right now. Somebody shout, yeah. Oh, yes. If you want him, say, yeah. Say, right here. Right now. Me, Lord, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your excitement is not just for you. It's for somebody else. God wants a witness as to how good he really is. God wants a witness that he knows how to break the yoke. God wants a witness. So excite yourself and give God the praise. Grab a hold of your testimony and rejoice in God. Remember how God brought you when you couldn't bring yourself. Remember how God delivered you when nobody else was around. Remember how God gave you what you didn't deserve and spread it to somebody else. Matter of fact, touch seven people and say, get excited. Get excited. Get excited right now. Praise him because of who he is. Praise him because of what he's done. Praise him. Come out of yourself. Stop trying to look cute. Get ugly for the Lord. Praise him because you're excited. No devil can hold you. The flesh can't bind you. Give him glory. 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 your neighbor tell him excuse me I'm just excited because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me I can't hold my peace I can't hold on to it I got to shout yeah I got to praise yeah I got to give him glory yeah 